0: Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Jana Peterson, one of the Ernest C. Hines Junior Spring interns at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than a hundred titles under the Nurturing Faith Book imprint. We invite you to go check them out at goodfaithmediaorg bookstore. Today's guest is Rebecca Ramsey, author of The Holy Eclair, Signs and Wonders from an Accidental Pilgrimage. She's joining us remotely from Greenville, South Carolina, where she's the minister of two children at the First Baptist Church there. Becky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. standard question we like to ask our authors right away at Good Faith Readings. It's just, could you tell our listeners, what's your book about?
1: The Holy Eclair is my story um, that started back in 1999 when my family moved to France. My husband has a job with Michelin, and so that took us there. So we went with three kids, and I figured everything in my life would change except for my faith. I had no reason for my faith to change, it would just be me in a different place, Um, but I found out that while I expected to be living a different way, um, my faith took a journey of its own and kind of got turned upside down through meeting all kinds of interesting characters, Um, God presented God's self to me in weird and wonderful ways and I learned about grace and so the story is really about God leading me at least that's how I saw it out of the pews of my expat church and into the cobblestone streets of France where I would encounter God in all kinds of interesting ways that I hadn't expected. And how I learned about grace, and how I dealt with my own perfectionism, and um, kind of reassembled my faith.
0: You've written a previous book, French by Heart. What was unique about this story that you, the Holy Eclair, that was like asking to be written or desiring to be birthed?
1: Oh goodness, I struggled with that almost ten years. Um, French by Heart came out in 2007 and I thought I had finished writing about France Um, as I went around talking to people. It was really exciting. I got to talk to lots of groups of people. French by Heart got reviewed by the New York Times which blew my mind and luckily they were nice. Um, And as I went to talk to people about it, I found myself trying to explain how France and our life there um, changed me, how it made me a happier person and how it, I don't know, turned my life upside down. And as I did, I found myself telling stories that weren't in the book that I was publicizing. And I realized I had left most of those stories about, um, my faith changing and all out because I felt like they were too personal. And so for about eight years, those people from those stories kept whispering in my ear saying, what about me? (laughs) And I wanted to tell about them because they were some of my most, um, well, like I said, personal and interesting, I think, um, experiences in France. And so I finally said, okay, I will sit down and write your story. And so I did, and I found that um, the story that they told as I wrote it, it helped me understand what had happened to me. How did I become a happier person? Why? Um, it wasn't just the cheese and the bread. <laughs> it was uh, God teaching me about grace. And so I, that's why I wrote the book. I just needed to get those stories told. This book is set in France,
0: as we've already
1: mentioned.
0: Um, and man, knowing that the locations of our pilgrimage journeys matter, that the places where we live matter, I would just love to hear a little more about France and the parts of France that maybe captured your heart.
1: Sure. So most of what I wrote about in the Holy Eclair was where about the town that we lived in. We lived in a little village outside of. Clermont-Ferrand, well, in in France, they would not say it that way. I will try with the throat scraping, but it's been almost 20 years since we lived there, Clermont-Ferrand, a little village outside of that uh, city. And it is about four hours south of Paris by train or car. And it is, how do I describe it? It's a wonderland, you know, when we flew over on our move to France the flight attendant i remember asked me where are you going are you going to visit paris because you know we had our kids and and i said no we are moving there and he was like wow you're going to move in you're going to live in paris i said no we're going to live in clermont ferrand and he looked at me and he gave me this face and he said well it's not paris but maybe you will like it It's known for being like an industrial town, but it's surrounded by these extinct volcanoes that are green and beautiful. So you're kind of in the heartland of France. Um, And it has a 12th century um, cathedral in the middle that's made out of volcanic stone like most of the buildings are, it's all black. Mm -hmm. So it's really a different kind of place, but um, I just felt like it looked like a fairy tale, you know, just what you think of when you think of France—these little cobblestone streets. The village that we lived in was very small. They had never met an American before, except in World War II. Um, my neighbors hadn't ever lived with a foreigner before, so they were skeptical of us moving our three kids in. Um, but it was—it was a wonderland, you know. Um, we were just, I was just captivated by the whole lifestyle, their appreciation for beauty. Everybody bought flowers at the market just for their house, not for any special occasion. You know, every week, my kids at their French school had a two-hour, three-course meal for lunch every day. I mean, people love living there. <laughs> and I wow. love it too. So I just, you know, you can't live there and not want to join in. And, um, and as a person who loves to write, you can't live there and not write about it.
0: Hey, so your story that you share in this book starts when somebody gives you a saint card. And I'm unfamiliar. For those of us who might be unfamiliar, could you just tell us what a saint card is?
1: Sure. Yes. My friend um, Leah, who I call Jessie in the book, gave me this antique saint card that she got at the flea market. They're, to me, they're like little works of art, but what they basically are, and I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but they're like a baseball card, but of um, God's saints. You know, the first one, the one that she gave me was of Joan of Arc. And so they have these beautiful, especially the old ones. They have these beautiful um, drawings, illustrations of the saint on the front, with like the name at the bottom and a tagline. Some maybe she's the saint of um, lost causes or or things like that. Then you turn it over, and on the back is a prayer. Um, so in my book, I found myself. Each chapter is a description of encounter with a person or a thing or an event that happens in which I feel like God is speaking to me and through that person or thing. And so at the end of each chapter, I make a saint card for that person who acted as a saint or a wonder in my life. So you get to see my saint collection.
0: We'll be back in 30 seconds with more of Good Faith Reads. Lot Cary is proud to bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest pastors coast to coast. Our new podcast, Pilgrimages of Striving and Thriving, delivers wisdom from the Black church for the whole church. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or listen online at lotcarry.org that's dot org. we look forward to the pilgrimage with you welcome back to good faith reads today we're joined remotely by rebecca ramsey author of the good faith media book the holy eclair and i'm janna peterson of good faith media becky could you tell us about your writing process did you set weekly goals or a daily reward count you wanted to reach? Uh, did you ever face writer's block? Just tell us about your process.
1: I'm happy to. Um, let's see. Well, since this book kind of brewed in my head, stewed in my head for many years, um, I would write about uh, each event as separate essays, here and there, not knowing what I was going to do with it. Now, I have several things that I do um, when I'm writing on another project. Right now, I'm working on a novel for kids. And I do all kinds of crazy things to lure myself into my chair and concentrate. And because, you know, writing is intimidating. It still is for me, even though I have had three books published, I have to, like, I have a a cover on my laptop that has this beautiful tree so that it, my laptop is not scary looking I, I do all kinds of things like that um, I make my office inviting I have nice little things to sit around on my desk that I can look at when I'm thinking. Um, but yes, I do have a routine I am so intimidated by starting new projects that I get up while it's still dark. At like 5.45, my alarm goes off. I make myself a cup of coffee. And this is while my husband is still in bed. I have to do this because he is an extrovert and wants to say good morning to me. I have to escape before he even can say good morning or I will turn around and go back to sleep. So I make myself go to my office, sit in my chair, turn on the lights because it's dark in there and write until about 7.30 or so. I have tried to write at other times, but it's like I have to do it um, secretly, like (laughs) in the the dark before anybody can give me an excuse to turn around and go the other way. I do keep a notebook with me where I try to write down interesting things that I see um, that might serve as ideas, springboards for um, things to write about. But mainly I just make myself Um, sit in the chair on a regular basis and try not to be scared.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Hey, is there a particular vignette from your book that you would like to share with us?
1: Maybe I'll um, share the story uh, from chapter three, which is how the Holy Eclair, the book, got its name. The chapter is called God speaks in chocolate, chocolate. And um, I'll set it up for you before I read a small part of it. When we moved to France, I had a first grader and a fourth grader and then a baby. And so I had dropped off the big kids at school and I was walking around Clermont, the town um, with Sam in the stroller. And I saw a friend of mine, this friend is, hilarious, but she has this bad habit of not paying attention to where she parks. She had parked in a no parking zone, even though she speaks really good French, but, um, and she had gotten her car towed. So she saw me and she said, Hey, I need some coffee. I left my wallet in my car. It's been towed. Would you buy me a coffee? So we go to this coffee store, coffee shop, and it's this beautiful coffee shop um, we go in and she says, you know, while we're here, we should treat ourselves to uh, a pastry. And I'm thinking, well, okay, I will treat you to a pastry. <laughs> and um, so this is when I talk to the lady behind the counter to order what I want. Jesse chose the tartelette au citron, which is a lemon pie. I'd love an eclair, I said to Jessie. but I'll just stick with coffee, I didn't go running today. I do not understand, said the burgundy-haired lady behind the counter, startling me with her English. You say you did not run, why can you not eat an eclair? I was glad to switch to English. I just meant that if I am going to eat something so rich I should exercise, I didn't really earn it. C'est ridicule, she said, that's ridiculous. Does the bon Dieu, the good Lord, not give the sun to everyone or just the ones who deserve? Who earns? Beauty is made for all of us, for all, being delicious too. I didn't know what to say. She shrugged her shoulders at my hesitation and placed Jessie's lemon tart onto a plate. Americans have a deep hunger, probably because they withhold. They withhold and then they, what's the word? Gorge. They gorge themselves with Quantity. What are you hungry for? Taste. An eclair is not so much, eh? What could I do? I ordered an eclair. So then I'll skip down a little bit. Before I could drop the cubes in my tiny cup, the sugar cubes, Jesse stopped me. I've got to show you something. Brigitte taught me yesterday how to fare and canal. Fare and canal? Do a duck? Here, she said, dropping a cube into her cup. It bobbed just like a duck and then began soaking up the coffee. Right at the moment when it was about to fall apart, lose its cubeness and become part of the coffee, she scooped it up with her spoon, popped it into her mouth and closed her eyes, savoring the taste. I tried it too, enjoying the coffee richness just before our servers set the clair in front of me. Take, she said, eat. I'll try not to gorge, I whispered to Jessie. We laughed and I picked up my fork. I couldn't help but play her words again in my mind. Take, eat. I'm going to skip a little bit. I've had eclairs before, but this was the first one I'd seen with a lightning bolt on it. You know that's what the word eclair means, don't you? Jessie said. It's like lightning, maybe because you want to eat it in a flash. It was a holy moment. Paradise, I said, closing my eyes. It was too wonderful, the lightness, the chocolate, the cream. I replayed in my mind the scene of our servers offering it to me. Take, eat, she said, as if it was Jesus's body broken for me. It sounded ridiculous. I knew it to say I experienced Jesus in a chocolate eclair. But as the sun poured over us through the window and beamed off the chrome, scattering crazy rainbows all over the wallpaper, It felt like love to me. And I'm gonna skip a little bit and and, um, read just a couple more sentences later on in the chapter. I took my last bite, the last taste of my lightning bolt and a memory sparked in my mind, a zigzag of lightning and a Bible story from my childhood. The one where David calls out to God to help him as he battles his enemies. And God appears on the scene with lightning bolts flashing. I'd have to look that story up in my French Bible to see how they worded it. Would it say that out of the brightness of God's presence, eclairs blazed forth? I sure hope so.
0: An important note to all of our listeners. We at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. If you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head on over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. Becky, as we uh, think about closing our time today, I, I know that saw that in each chapter of your book, you share a prayer that marked each phase of your pilgrimage. And I'm just wondering if you'd
1: like to share one of those prayers with us. Let me read to you the prayer that I have on the Holy card for the Holy Eclair for that chapter I, for the parts of the chapter I just read. God who gives the Son to everyone, thank you for grace through pastry, for coming to us in beauty and in deliciousness even when we don't earn it. Deliver us from the dangers of withholding love in all forms. Give us each day the eyes to see you right where we are, to soak up every bit of your holiness until we dissolve into it, until we fall into your arms. Amen. Amen.
0: Our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Rebecca Ramsey, author of The Holy Eclair, Signs and Wonders from an Accidental Pilgrimage. The book, along with more than a 100 other titles, is available as a, both a print book and an e-book at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Becky, we really appreciate you being our guest today.
1: Thank you for having me.